0: Business inspiration for architects, engineers, and contractors. Hello, I'm Philip Wiley, and my guest today is Bob Prieto, Senior Vice President of Fluor, one of the largest publicly traded AEC companies in the world. Bob, please tell us about your present role with Fluor and your career background.
1: Uh, thanks, Philip. Uh, currently, I serve as a Senior Vice President for Strategy in Flores Industrial and Infrastructure Group. And in that capacity, I work with many of our largest owners who are faced with two kinds of challenges. Uh, the first challenges that, that they face uh, are large programs uh, that are facing a myriad of uh, delivery challenges. These may be the result of scale, complexity, uh, dynamic environment, or even more fundamental management and organizational challenges. The second challenge I usually get involved with uh, are owners who are struggling to finance uh, their project. And this uh, second uh, challenge is usually focused on public sector projects, and the focus is around some form of alternative project delivery, such as public-private partnerships or PFIs. Uh, in addition to my day job, I have a number of portfolio assignments uh, within floor that give me a good view into clients across all of our markets. Uh, prior to joining Fluor, I served as the chairman of Parsons Sprinkeroff, uh, which at that time was one of the largest privately held engineering firms in the world. And over the years, I've had several unique opportunities, including serving as co-chair of the New York City Partnerships Infrastructure Task Force after 9-11, uh, chairman of the engineering and construction governors of the World Economic Forum, and a presidential appointee to the uh, APEC Business Advisory Council, or the ABAC. Uh, Currently I serve on the American Society of Civil Engineers Industry Leaders Council. I'm a member of the National Academy of Construction and I'm a fellow of the Construction Management Association of America.
0: Okay. And about the Construction Association of America, they have just published your fourth book entitled, Application of Life-Cycle Analysis in the Capital Assets Industry. Bob, please tell us about your new book and who it's intended for.
1: Yeah, my fourth book, uh, Application of Life Cycle Analysis in the Capital Assets Industry, was driven by extensive client interviews conducted by the firm across all our industries. As you would expect, there were differences driven by client type, size, and location, but there were also some very strong cross-cutting trends. In my review of those interviews and subsequent more specific conversations, not only with other potential clients, but also with peers in our industry, it became clear that the recent and maybe still ongoing financial crisis had significantly impacted how people thought about their capital assets. No longer was capital cheap and readily available. No longer was a first cost focus sufficient. Rather, the marketplace recognized that they needed to be able to compete and prosper in both up cycles as well as down cycles. That realization increased the need to focus on three important aspects over an asset's full life cycle. First of course was cost, but traditional life cycle costing was not enough. Uh, In this change world, or at least our realization that a change world was a very real business possibility. We needed to reflect risk, uncertainty, and alternative futures or scenarios, if you will, in our consideration of life cycle cost. But even that wasn't enough. So in looking at this financial bottom line, two other aspects importantly needed to be included. The first was revenue, its timing, its phasing, and how it could change over time. The second was the capital assets financial structure. Could we afford to build all of the asset at once, or did we need to phase it to hedge market uncertainties, or to obtain proven cash flows to support the later stages of build-out? These are, in many ways, new considerations. So in this financial sense, the book is intended for owner organizations, from the CEO down to the client's project manager. But it's also intended to support those that will design Construct and operate these assets over their extended lifetimes. It gives project managers, construction managers, and O&M leaders the context that they require to see the whole financial picture of the asset, while providing very tactical guidance to the staffs that must implement these projects with an increased understanding and focus on lifecycle performance.
0: Okay. And how does life cycle analysis bring a broadened perspective to traditional life cycle costing methodologies, Bob?
1: I've talked about this expanded perspective as it relates to the financial performance of an asset over its whole life cycle, cradle to grave, if you will. This expanded view included revenue, financial structure, risk, and uncertainty. In my book, Life Cycle Analysis, I consciously look beyond just the financial bottom line, to encompass the other two bottom lines of the so-called triple bottom line. The triple bottom line looks at profit, planet, and people. And in the book, I specifically take a life cycle look at what I refer to as the environmental bottom line and the social bottom line. I try to give the reader areas to focus on to avoid surprises, but importantly, to capitalize on opportunities, I think it's this broadened perspective which shifts the book from just another look at life cycle uh, costing to a more holistic look at life cycle performance. The focus on the environmental bottom line must recognize not only change futures but importantly potentially significant end-of-life impacts, potentially including long-term hazardous material storage, geologic sequestration of carbon. Or long-term storage of nuclear waste. All those are examples. The addition of the social bottom line is a straightforward recognition that we do projects with people, for people, and affect people in the process. The so-called social license to operate is a growing focus area across all industries and it is not just a construction phase challenge.
0: Okay, and what are the main benefits to pro- project owners and AEC professionals of applying these
1: methodologies? Well, quite simply, the bottom line is the bottom line, or as I suggest, three bottom lines. Project owners should be guided to create and sustain capital assets that will maximize their risk weighted returns while addressing the uncertainties of long-lived futures. More comprehensive analysis helps eliminate surprises, and as a minimum, helps owners prepare for alternative futures. AEC professionals applying these methodologies will not only produce a better product, but importantly, engage their clients in more strategic ways than they may have previously. As AEC professionals, this gives us a framework to put our focus on sustainability and resiliency into practice while delivering that all-important bottom line performance. As one client said, low first cost is great, but my profit is driven by the difference between market-driven revenue and total life cycle performance.
0: Bob, how can AEC professionals and project owners obtain a copy of your new book? Uh,
1: CMAA, uh, which is the Construction Management Association of America, has the book available as an ebook in its online bookstore, and you can find that at www.cmaa.net.org. www.cmaa.net.org. Uh, any author's royalties go to an engineering scholarship fund, so AEC professionals have a chance to further support our industry.
0: Oh, that's really good. Thanks very much, Bob Prieto. My name is Philip Wiley interviewing on behalf of AEC Business.